calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is of gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Uh, welcome to this Take 15. I'm Usman Hayat from CFA Institute, and we're here in Paris on the 2nd of November 2011, where the fourth annual European Investment Conference of CFA Institute is taking place. I'm joined by the economist Roger Bootle, who runs a financial consultancy, Capital Economics, and is the author of the book, The Trouble with Markets. And in this Take 15, I'll be discussing with Roger his views on the size and contribution of the financial sector. So welcome, Roger. Pleasure. So let's start with the size of the financial sector. You know, some people have this concern that it has grown too much relative to the real economy. Do you share these views? Yes, I do. Uh, it has grown dramatically in the United States in the course of only about 30 years. It's more than doubled in its share. And comparisons further back would, of course, be even more striking. But when you look at so much of the activity that's going on in the financial sector, I think you have to ask yourself the question, is it really adding very much? And I think the answer is no. Okay, excellent. So you said, is it really adding very much? So this, there's this concern about the contribution it is making. So how do we measure its contribution to the real economy? Well, this is extremely difficult because in a narrow accounting sense, of course it's contributing to the real economy because there are people employed in it, there's activity taking place which is measurable and that adds up to GDP. But let's put it this way, if I undertook for the next 20 years uh, with a group of people to go around smashing windows throughout the whole country, I guarantee you that an industry uh, devoted to restoring those windows and replacing them would grow up and and spread and come to increased importance in the economy. That would be counted up and it would contribute towards GDP. Would we be any better off? The answer, of course, is no. And I think there's a sense in which, in some respects, what takes place in the financial sector is a bit like repairing broken windows. Mm, interesting, repairing broken windows. And there is also this concern that even if the financial sector may be repairing broken windows, the compensation offered in the financial sector can be excessive. Do you share that view? I do share the view that compensation is excessive in the financial sector. Um, if you look at the sheer numbers, they are deeply shocking. Now, of course, it's not restricted to the financial sector. There are plenty of people uh, in senior positions outside the financial sector earning sums, or receiving sums anyway, which seem uh, fairly dramatic. What I think is particularly striking about the financial sector is the prevalence below that level of very high levels of remuneration. So not just the stars, the chief executives in uh, media or entertainment or whatever, but going substantially below that level, large numbers of people earning huge sums of money. And if you then um, look at what they do, the talent of the people involved and the activity they're performing, you ask yourself the question, uh, does that seem reasonable 
in the context of what's earned in the rest of the economy. Having worked in the financial markets myself for more than 30 years, I've come to the conclusion that the answer is no. So how would you respond to the argument that this compensation actually reflects the talent and the performance offered by these people? Well, I'd probably respond by saying a very rude word, which I can't uh, repeat on this channel. Uh, but what I'd say is, look at what they do, look at the people, and answer yourself the question why a financial professional should earn several times, in some cases several hundred times, what a person of equivalent talent might earn in the law, accountancy, brain surgery. Why is it that someone trading options on the volatility in the dingbat could earn hundreds of what someone earns as a brain surgeon? Not obvious to me. I think this reflects some sort of malfunctioning of the system. Something is wrong, and I've got an idea about what it is, in the structure of the system that brings about that result. And how does that relate to public policy, these concerns? Well, I think it relates to public policy because, uh, for a start, it's not in society's interest to have so much talent, so many people uh, in financial services, in particular, very clever people in financial services, they should be doing something useful, uh, I think. Secondly, uh, this is a matter of social cohesion and social justice and support for capitalism itself. Now, I'm a great believer in the capitalist system, despite appearances of the contrary. I'm not a crypto-Marxist at all. Uh, I believe fundamentally in the free enterprise system. But if you've got a substantial part of it which isn't working very well, which every so often threatens the stability of the whole of the economy, has to be bailed out by the taxpayer, and in the process, by the way, umpteen bankers go off nursing their squillions, uh, that doesn't seem to me to be very sensible. And what's more, the public at large realise it's not very sensible. It's not just, it's not sensible, in fact, it's ridiculous. And so the longer you allow this to continue, then I think the greater the risk that you undermine support for the capitalist system itself. And after all, a number of countries have been through convulsions and revolutions over the last couple of hundred years. Uh, if we're not careful, if we end up with a, global, a really deep global recession in which people actually suffer, and so far in the West people haven't really suffered a great deal, if we have that, I reckon we're at risk of having, having the whole system, the whole capitalist system overthrown. I see. So if these are some of the risks posed by the excessive size and excessive remuneration paid in the financial sector and other issues that you've alluded to, what should be the aim of the public policy to address these issues? Well, for a start, uh, let me make it clear, I think there's nothing wrong with particular individuals earning huge sums of money, particularly not if one of those is me. The system should allow people to compete and better themselves and get as much money as they can legally and responsibly achieve. So we don't want to work towards a system which somehow suppresses people, taxes them out of existence, regulates them out of existence. Because I believe in the free enterprise system, I believe that if the structure's right, we'll get, broadly speaking, the right results. So there are a number of things that can be done. For a start, I think that there's too much trading activity in the financial sector, and we can cope with that in a number of ways. We could seek to tax it, which is the proposal put forward by the uh, advocates of the so-called Tobin tax. We could tax capital gains on assets held for a longer time, more likely than we tax assets held for a very short period of time. 
we could restrict entitlement to dividends on equities to holders who'd held the stock for a long time. We could even perhaps close certain markets down, or we could place restrictions on the extent to which players in financial markets could actually make use of certain instruments. There have been question marks about um, a whole series of these instruments over the last few years. CDOs and the alphabet soup of instruments uh, that existed were built up in the run-up to the financial crisis uh, seem to have caused a great deal of difficulty. Credit default swaps are another example of an asset of dubious systemic value. Uh, so for a, variety, for a variety of ways we could, I think, tackle those particular issues. But more generally, I think what needs to be done is to make the financial sector more competitive and more transparent and to get the financial institutions who own corporate assets throughout the economy, including, of course, so many financial services businesses and banks, to get those holders to take a longer-term view, a more interventionist view, in the management of the assets that they own. So we've discussed uh, the size of the financial sector, the contribution it is making. Uh, we've also discussed the performance and pay issue and the public policy measures that can be taken to address some of the concerns in these areas. How would you now summarize your observations on the issue of contribution of the financial sector to the real economy? Oh, I think the financial sector has become bloated. What's happened is that essentially it's engaging, not exclusively, but a lot of what it's engaging in, a lot of the growth that's happened over the last 30, 40 years, has been the growth in activities that are, in Lord Turner's phrase, socially useless. So this concludes our Take 15 on the contribution of the financial sector to the real economy. Thank you, Rogers, for sharing your insights with us. And thank you, our viewers, for joining us. Copyright 2011 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.